Amen. Turn in your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, please. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me mention a couple of things. We're getting started a little bit early, earlier than normal with the sermon today because we're going to be recognizing some graduates at the close of the service. So please be aware of that. Also, we want to encourage you to grab one of the 21-day Simple Church prayer guides. Those are available as you leave today. So we want to encourage you to check that out. The title of this message is Purpose, Mission, Vision. Purpose, Mission, Vision. Let's stand in honor of God's word. We're in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. And let's read together. If you do not have a Bible, the Pew Bibles there are available for you, and it's 814 in the Pew Bible. Let's read Paul's words. In him, that's Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him, that's Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, I just want to be faithful to what you want me to say. I pray that you'll help me to do that. Lord, you know that I am a, a sinner saved by your grace. Lord, I just need your wisdom and strength as I share. And Father, I pray that we'll hear your word today and we'll apply it to our lives and we'll reflect upon its truths. And we ask this. And Lord, keep us focused on your purpose, your mission, and your vision for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk about these three words. I believe words mean things. And the words are purpose, mission, and vision. Each Christian and each church should do all they can to understand God's purpose for them, God's mission for them, and God's vision for them. So let's start by looking at purpose. What is purpose? You see the definition up there. It is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. It is the why of the Christian life, the why of the Christian life. Now, just as a, as a summary real quick before we move forward, purpose is the why. It's the reason. Mission is the what because of the why. Y'all got that? The what because of the why. Vision is what you aspire to by doing the what. It's what you're shooting for. It's your goal in doing the what. So we're going to take a look at purpose, mission, and vision over the next number of weeks. So why were you created? These are the why questions. These are the big questions of life for a lot of people. Why do you exist? Why was the church created? Why are we still here? If you're saved, why not just go up to heaven? Why do we exist here on earth? Why, why, why? Today I want us to look specifically at the church and especially at the local church. Because I think before we can move forward in the idea of mission, we need to move forward in the idea of purpose, understanding the why. 
Now, this isn't an extensive list. And in your worship guide, you have seven blanks. I'm only going to do four today. Next week, we'll do, I think I heard an amen out there. (laughs) But we'll hit the other three next week. But these are from Paul. And these are the whys of the Christian life. The becauses, the in order to, that I want you to see. This is why you're still here, church. And I believe the why of the Christian life and the why of the church are very closely related. The why of you as an individual and the why of the corporate body are very closely related. So let's look at these. First purpose, because we have been redeemed by his blood. Why are you still here? Because why are you exist at all? Why does the church exist at all? Because we have been redeemed by his blood. Look at verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. To redeem means we've been purchased in order to be set free. Through the death of Jesus on the cross, we have been delivered from our sin. Jesus has bought us back from the slavery of sin through his death on the cross. We exist and are on mission for God because we are set free and bought by God at a high, high price. Because he's redeemed us from the, from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and the presence of sin, we ought to be on mission for him today. Amen, church? Two stories in Scripture drive this home for me. One is the story of Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi. Has anybody ever read the book of Ruth? I encourage you, if you haven't, read it again and read the book of Ruth. It's a great story. The story of Ruth is about a young woman whose name is Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, and their struggle to make ends meet in Israel. This is especially hard for Ruth because she's not an Israelite. But God provides someone called a kinsman redeemer. His name is Boaz. This redeemer buys back the land that belongs to Naomi and earns the right to marry Ruth. It is a beautiful story of grace and love. Ruth. The second story that comes to mind is from the book of Hosea. Any of you have ever heard of Hosea and Gomer? Hosea and Gomer. The second story is the prophet Hosea and his unfaithful wife, Gomer. Hosea was commanded by God to marry a prostitute as a picture of God's love for unfaithful Israel. Hosea would eventually, when you follow the story, pay a great price to purchase his wife back out of slavery in order to set her free. Isn't that amazing? These two stories of love and grace show to what extent God will go to provide for our needs and deliver us from what enslaves us. And God the Father sent God the Son to die for us and shed his blood for us and pay the price for us so that we might be free. That is why the church exists, because we've been redeemed. So do you live a life motivated by redemption? Do you realize what God has done for you by buying and purchasing you and delivering you? Are you allowing the freedom in Christ you have through the death of Christ on the cross to change your life? We exist because we've been set free. And the church also exists and is on mission for the Lord for the second reason. Because our sins have been forgiven. Because our sins have been forgiven. Verse 7. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus' death on the cross also brings about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? It's one of those words we use a lot in church. It literally means to send something away or to release something or to release someone. In Christ, your sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west. And we seek to accomplish the mission of Christ and fulfill the vision Christ has for his church because we have been forgiven. Amen? There's this beautiful story in Luke chapter 7, starting about verse 36. I want to read it to you. It's Jesus, and he's over at a Pharisee's house. His name is Simon, and a woman comes along. Listen to the story from Luke chapter 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him, him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind Jesus weeping. And she began to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed Jesus' feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 days wages, and the other only owed him 50 And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you've rightly judged. Then he turned, Jesus turned to the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. But she loved, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the the same loves little. Then he said to her, Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now let me say a word about this very quickly, and I want you to think about this, because I want you to get this. How many of your sins has Jesus Christ forgiven? Let me give you the answer. All of them. All of them. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. All of them. Well, you know, I'm not that bad a person compared to this person or that person. Oh, but you've sinned against God, have you not? And he's forgiven you. How has his forgiveness toward you motivated your life? Because it ought to. The reason the church exists is because your sins... And our sins have been forgiven. Amen? So how does that motivate you? 
We exist and we're on mission for God because he set us free. He redeemed us and bought us at a high price, the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And we, are on, we exist and we're on mission because we've been forgiven by God in Christ. And the third, when we exist in our own mission for God because of the richness of his grace. The richness of his grace. Look what he says in verse 7 once again. In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. All this redeeming and forgiving is done because of the grace of God. But it's not the grace of God, but it's not just the grace of God. For God gives you grace every day. Everybody take a deep breath. You didn't deserve that, did you? God gave it to you. It was his grace gift called oxygen. That's, but this is not just grace. This is the richness, richness of his grace. The grace we receive from salvation which is the measuring rod for the acts of God that give our lives purpose in Christ. Well, what's grace? Well, grace is the undeserved favor and kindness of God. More specifically, it is a gift or blessing brought to us through Jesus Christ. Now, let's just reflect for a moment on this idea of undeserved favor. So to understand grace fully, you need to think about what you deserve. What do you deserve? To deserve means to do something or have or show qualities worthy of reward or punishment because deserving can go either way. A child can deserve a spanking. Amen, parents? Or you may deserve a raise. Or you can deserve something because you have the right qualities. Maybe it's just because of whose child you are. You deserve particular things. Or you can deserve them because of what you've done. You've done the right things. You deserve it. Now, that's what deserve means, but it doesn't answer what you and I deserved. What do we deserve? Well, I want to share with you an illustration from Johnny Erickson Tata. Does anybody know who Johnny Erickson Tata is? Johnny is her name. When Johnny was 18 years old, she dived into a shallow lake and became a quadriplegic. She broke two of her vertebrae. And from the time she was 18 to the end of her life, she was a quad, and she's still alive today. She's a quadriplegic. She struggled with depression, spiritual doubts, and cancer. But she's a devout Christian. And she has a powerful ministry today. And if you've experienced that experience, that ministry... Now, I share that with you to give you some context because I want to read to you what she said about what we deserve. It's not from me. It's from someone who, in our eyes, has had the bad share of life. Is that fair to say? Listen to what Johnny says. Do you think most people get what they deserve out of life? Some would say the drunk driver who breaks his back in an auto accident got what they deserve. And so does the promiscuous adult who contracts AIDS, or the rebellious teenager who becomes pregnant, or the drug user who fries his brains. These people all suffer the consequences of their actions, but that's not the rule of thumb. Most people do not get what's due them. And aren't you glad? 
Because do we really want God to give us what we deserve? Now, you may be thinking that we're entitled to health and wealth. We deserve a break today. We assume we've got coming to us those inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But dig a bit deeper because we're leaving out something important. Our sin. And sin is not just some sanctimonious word reserved for religious conversations. It's not just a concept that we throw into our prayers when it's time to confess. Sin is not just something Adam and Eve did way back when, and so our lives aren't quite as happy and healthy as they could be. It's more than that. Your sin and my sin is something, now get this, that is a stinking offense to God. You see, God is the one who's got rights here. He has every right to permit the full impact of our willful disobedience to harm us. He has every right to allow the full force of our sin to lay us flat, down for the count. If we got what was due us, oh my goodness, we would be annihilated. We'd be burnt toast in a nanosecond. But, thank the Lord, that's not the way he works. He does not give us what we deserve. God gives us what we don't deserve. I know that for me, it causes me to wake up every morning, still Johnny speaking here, it causes me to wake up almost every morning amazed at the goodness of God. I mean, just the bright blue skies, the birds singing, the sweetness of a long, freshly cut, all these things, not to mention my salvation. Yes, God has every right to let my sin do me completely in, but he saves me from myself, and this is why I want to partner with his Holy Spirit every day to live in such a way that honors his amazing love. What do you think you deserve today? Think you're entitled to a few luxurious moments of complaining? Think your problems give you a right to feel resentful? Do you feel as though you've had it so hard lately that you deserve some time off from obeying God? Is that what you're entitled to? Well, friend, without Christ, you have no entitlement. You have no rights at all, but if you humble yourself before the Lord and ascribe to him all the rights to your life, if you obey him even through the toughest times, then guess what? Jesus says this in Revelation 3.21. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Today, thank God for giving you what you didn't deserve, his amazing grace. Amen? Johnny's right. Because of the riches of the grace of God toward us, we ought to be motivated to do the mission and fulfill the vision he has for us every day. We exist because he has been, he's redeemed us. We exist and we're called on mission because we've been forgiven. We exist and we're called on mission because of the richness of God's grace. And finally, we exist and are on mission because he wanted his will to be known. He wanted his will to be known. Look at verses 8 and 9. It says, because of this grace, according to this grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. 
God's will are his desires and his wishes. And God has revealed his will to his church. There were some things humanity didn't understand that was going on. In the Old Testament and the New Testament. Why did God create us? What was God going to do to fix the wickedness of humanity and the evil in the world? What was God going to do to to make it right? And that has now all been revealed in a person. His name is Jesus Christ. That is God's solution. Doesn't matter what the problem is, Jesus is the answer. Amen, church? And God has revealed that to us. God has shown us that out of the goodness and counsel of his will. And I just want you to think about this. Listen very closely. Last point I want you to see. I want you to think about somebody who's very famous or very popular, don't know who it is. The only person that comes to mind that I can't get in too much trouble with is maybe J.J. Watts. Okay? Imagine J.J. Watts gives you a call and say, hey, I want you to come visit me. I want you to come over to my house, and I want us to visit. And I want to share with you some things, just because I want to, that I, I don't share with everybody. But I want to share with you some things. I want to reveal some things to you that are special. And I want to talk to you, and I want to get to know you, and I want you to get to know me deeper than other people do. I want you to have a relationship. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Even if you're a Cowboys fan, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Okay? That is what God's wanting to do. He says, I want to know you. I just don't want you to know me out here in this big peripheral way where you hear about me secondhand. I want to know you firsthand. And I want to reveal myself to you because it It makes me feel good, and it pleases me to do that. If you get fired up if some popular person or some famous person did that, ought you get even more fired up if God wanted to do that for you? And here's the deal, and here's where we'll start next week. He doesn't share it with you to hide it. He doesn't share his will with you to keep it. He shares his will with you in order that you might share it with others that is the why that we're still here we've got three more and we'll look at those next week but why are we here why 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 because because you've been redeemed because you've been forgiven because of the awesome grace of god and because He wants to reveal his will to you. So I'll leave you these two questions. Are you letting that purpose drive you? Are you fulfilling your purpose? And are we being motivated by that purpose? Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know if you're a believer here today or not, but I'm here to tell you that if you have a personal, if you you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, He doesn't want you just to know about him. He wants you to know him. That's why Jesus died on the cross so that the sin issue could be dealt with, so he could redeem you, so he could provide what needed to be provided for you. And he did that, that whosoever would trust in Jesus, whosoever would give their life to him would have eternal life. If you've never done that today, I want to encourage you to do that today. If you're a believer and you just really haven't thought about the why. I mean, we ought to think about the why, don't you think? Why are you here? Why has he kept you around? Why does the church exist? What is our purpose? 
Beloved, it's because you are redeemed, forgiven people who God has showered his grace on and revealed his will to. And he wants you to take it from there in this relay race and share it with others. There's nothing like a person who's experienced the grace of God to share with others the grace of God. So are you letting the purpose drive you? Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. Help us to be surrendered to you. And Lord, if we're believers, help us to be your servants and humble ourselves before you. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand.